<laughs> Countdown. Three, two, one. What the fuck is up, everybody? Welcome to the Great Girth Podcast. I am Tony, one half of your favorite fat duo with my other half, Austin, buddy. Austin. It looks like you had a day. All right. With the hairdo, I, it looks like you had a day. What the fuck happened to you? I just now I need to know. Oh, you are definitely muted. I definitely have hat hair. Is definitely what's going on. Just like, I took my hat shit. off and it screwed my hair up. He was like, I had a great day otherwise. But actually, it was a bit of a couldn't work on the truck today because it was snowing cats and dogs outside. So <clears throat> it's colder than shit out. Understandable. Uh, fuck, man, it's been a long. It's been a long week since we've recorded an episode. Um, for those of you that don't know or weren't aware, because I didn't put anything online, typically, um, my son had to go back to the hospital. He's back home now, but that was a nice week in the hospital again. But yeah, that that is pretty much why there's been a lot of in, inactivity this week on the Great Earth page. Instagram, YouTube, whatever. For those of you that were patient, thank you. For those of you that still ignored us, thank you. However, <laughs> we're back, so <clears throat> we can get the show on the road. And while we've been gone, there's a lot of shit that's been going on. Number one is uh, I have another person to add to my uh, list of people I look up to who uh, shits on people, um, literally. We'll get to that. The second thing is I've gone down a rabbit hole now that I can't seem to get out of. And the third thing is, probably the most important, is where the elections are going. Oh, this motherfucker's been listening to Tom McDonald. <laughs> and that's who yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I actually, I've always liked Tom McDonald. I just never really could take him seriously that's the thing like i like his music i just don't i don't listen to it uh with like that heart-to-heart connection that i would listen to other artists his is more just like yeah dude (laughs) fuck those children like his music is clearly just to rip on others however i had to listen to this because i'm a big ben shapiro fan i still thought this shit was fake when they announced it i still thought it was fake when i watched the youtube video no, it's real, and he can rap. It's just corny, but <clears throat> I thought it was awesome. It was funny for what it was worth. Ben Shapiro's, for those of you that haven't figured out what we're talking about yet, Facts by Tom McDonald featuring Ben Shapiro, which is something like you never thought you would hear in your life. Now, I remember months or a year ago when Tom McDonald said something about Ben Shapiro coming on to do a collab with him, and Ben Shapiro was like, yeah, ha, 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 I'll Definitely. So, like, you know, I never thought that would ever come to fruition, and it did. So, it's one of the top 10 greatest trolls of all time. It is, dude. And to be quite fair, you can get mad all you want. It was number one on iTunes for quite a bit. I'm pretty sure it's like two now or three. It got knocked off a little bit because, um, I get, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Nicki Minaj, one of them. They made a song, but they had four different versions of that song. So to kind of like, you know, push them back because you don't need Tom McDonald to tell you that's how the music industry works. That's just how it is. So 
But it's the funniest shit ever, dude. And it's hilarious that... Uh, no, facts is still number one. <laughs> All right, dude. Still beating number out, one. Beating out the brand new Billy Joel song, the first one since like 1980 or whatever. I was going to say, I didn't know he was even around. I thought... Well, he hasn't, when was the last time Billy Joel released his song? I'm going to, honest to God truth, just, I'm going to say 92, 93, maybe, maybe 95. Whenever the fuck um, Wedding Singer came out, I think. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Positive it was the 90s, though. Or am I thinking of a different Billy? No, I'm thinking of Billy Joel. Wait a minute. Now I'm fucking, hold on. Now I've got myself confused. Which bully? Am, bully? Which Billy am I thinking of? Billy Joel. Yeah, Piano Man. We didn't start the fire. Okay, so not the same Billy I was thinking of. But Billy Joel, I again also didn't know he was around. Um, I like his music, but fuck, it sounds like he's still going. I didn't know that. Well, he has it. It's like his first new song in so long. Um, yeah. yeah, his last. His last song, his last release was in 2001. I mean, even then, that's still a long fucking time. It doesn't feel that way to me, just because I'm like, yeah, 2001 wasn't that long ago. That's the old in me talking, though. Damn, that is quite a while. That's literally 23, 24 years. So where the fuck has this guy been? That's the real question we want to know. Um. Oh yeah, you know what? Let's just talk about this because it's been it's been interesting. I've been dying to speak with you about this. I missed um, I missed appearing on Alex's uh, Ringside Chaos to talk about it, but Vince McMahon loves to shit on people. Um, we kind of already knew that. I mean, he destroyed fucking CM Punk. He destroyed Cody Rhodes. He destroyed a lot of people that came back and. As much as people were like, yeah, fuck AEW, they're all like, oh yeah, Cody Rhodes, now that he's back in WWE. That's how that goes. I've always been a Cody fan, except for when he was Stardust, but I like that he's doing his thing, and I like that he won Royal Rumble again. Sadly, what I thought was going to happen did. The Rock took a shit on my hopes and dreams, so that's not happening now. So now we get The Rock and Roman, which... Nobody fucking wants anymore. We were supposed to get that two years ago. I got off topic. I'm talking about Vince McMahon. But the point being was he fucks people. (laughs) Not just figuratively speaking. He fucks people, all right? Like, apparently, and I don't have anything pulled up on this. I'm just talking out my ass. I know that that Gen Z and those keyboard warriors are going to be so pissed when I start spouting off out of the mouth. But as far as I know... The girl that he paid hush money to keep her mouth shut is now trying to get that lifted so she can take it. Well, she wants to take him to court to basically sue his ass. Not just for money, but for, uh, I mean, I guess justice, because the truth of the matter is whether you believe he did it or not. And you're kind of a dumbass if you don't believe it, there's evidence. But regardless how you feel about the situation, this poor woman was put through a lot. However, that being said, um, I guess 
according to this person, I don't know her fucking name because I don't read too much into this shit. She is claiming that Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis and a couple of other people supposedly had been grooming her. And now the evidence we had gotten was like, I guess, screenshots she saved of text messages from her and Vince and the shit that Vince wrote, or like, again, if this is, if it's his phone, according to the testimony thus far, that's his fucking phone. So according to his text messages, from what I read, he was saying, and then I want three big black hawks filling your holes, dude. I knew I couldn't take this seriously. Jesus Christ. I'm not kidding, dude. Like, you need to look this up. That was the part that had me dying, because it was just the funniest shit. And apparently, he also named some of the sex toys after people. So if it was black, yeah. it was like Bobby Lashley or something. <laughs> I, <don't laughs> I saw this. Dude, I really like it. This is not a laughing matter. But if you look at it, it kind of is. You're like, dude, the fucking guy who is like a mastermind, regardless of how you feel about him 40 years ago. But he was a mastermind. He made fucking WWE arguably the NFL of wrestling. So how the fuck, when you read these text messages, do you take this seriously? You're like, oh, shit. He really is like that. Like, he really is a piece of shit. So it doesn't shock me. But, like, dude, just look at those text messages, and you're like, hold on. What? Like, the way he's texting this person, it's not only, like, degrading and just shitty, but... <laughs> shitty. But it is fucked up. It's... It's like a teenager texting for the first time, sexting. That's what it felt like, at least from reading it. And then you really look at it and you're like, yeah, dude, he's a power-hungry dickhead. But again, he just got caught. Like, who's not doing this shit? And then this same woman said that, according to text messages she, she presented, um, Brock Lesnar, the no-name superstar that she was groomed for as part of a deal to get him to sign again. Anyway... His name, I, I fucked that whole sentence up, but his name was brought into this, okay? So that being said, we now have Brock Lesnar, Laurinaitis, McMahon, all kind of being questioned. McMahon and Laurinaitis for sure are going to be in trouble. So, so the, uh, the line from the actual lawsuit, okay, is notably, McMahon was most aggressive when using the, using the certain sex toys named after male WWE wrestlers and performers. McMahon named the sex toy so that the color of the toy matched the race of the wrestlers. For example, a black dildo would be named after an African-American wrestler, and a white dildo would be named after a Caucasian wrestler. In addition to McMahon's infatuation with pretending that other men, and namely certain WWE talent, were in the room with them, this was yet another incremental step in the desensitizing Mrs. Grant to his fantasy and eventual demands that she perform sexual acts for and or have sexual contact with others within WWE. Yep. And he was talking about it, too. This complaint details encounters during which a man caused Miss Grant to sustain physical injuries, including bleeding and pain from forceful use of sex toys. Despite <sighs> Mrs. Grant's plea to cease any further sexual activity, the number of sexual encounters increased, as did the man's physical aggression during them. That's the part that's shitty. I mean, here's the thing, dude. As much as we're laughing about this, like, I'm trying to take it seriously. It's just hard because, again, once you've read those text messages, 
he probably found the part that I'm dying about right now. During a David versus Goliath type wrestling match in 2019, Mrs. Grant shared with McMahon her thoughts on the event, the draw of rooting for the underdog, and ideas for future events. McMahon complimented her creative input. She believed she was being taken seriously until McMahon named a dildo after the smaller wrestler and attempted to sexualize the situation, diminishing her input. I know we're pissed off a bunch of fucking little bastards that are getting upset hearing this. The point I'm making about all this is like, there is some <laughs> fucking laughter. There's some fun to be had with this one because, again, naming the sex toys after wrestlers and some of the text messages, like just the language he was using, the way he was saying shit, it wasn't just severely graphic. It was severely dumb, dude. Like, this guy really did text like a stupid teenager. It was, well, at least from our day. I'm sure, you know, Gen Z now it's different. I'm sure it's, um, they probably don't even text. But, <laughs> or sex, I should say, you know they text. But the at the end of the day, when you really look at it, there's some fun to be had because it just, again, all the shit that was said. And most notably, because before I start saying we're sorry for laughing about this, most notably, and I've been saving this for last, getting shit on. Horrid, okay? I'll say it, horrid. That's disgusting if that really happened. That being said... Right, dude, come on. Like, that's not funny, Vince McMahon. Old fucking 80-year-old dude just... And just pops a spot, <laughs> dude. All while some other dude is in the room. Supposedly he did it while Laurenitis was there. So I'm like, wait a minute, you shit on this chick? And then, like, he, they finished up on her. I'm like, that's fucking bizarre. Yo, this lady signed an NDA with Vince McMahon. Yeah. For $3 million. I'd have shut up. McMahon paid all but 500000 of it. That's why this lawsuit's happening. That's yeah. why this is coming up. Because the cheap bastard didn't want to pay the other $500,000 of the agreement he signed. That's what I think it is, too, because I look yeah, at it and I'm... On February 4th, Ms. Grant was wired $1 million in the first installment of the NDA. On February 28th, Grant was wired 10000 to cover her attorney's fees incurred in the connection with the NDA. Both wires were sent to the original described as Vincent McMahon, CEO, WWF, and originator address, his address. Um, where are we at here? Uh, further, despite assurances from McMahon that he would cover her medical care and cost associated tax liability for the $1 million payment, McMahon has refused to cover those costs. McMahon continued to pay for Ms. Grant's medical care until April 15th, when it abruptly ceased. Now, I don't know where I heard this from, but supposedly the reason he stopped paying was because that information wasn't supposed to get leaked the first time that he was paying hush money. And I guess it fucking did get leaked, and so he's saying that's why the payment stopped. Again, I don't know where I read that from. I think that was either her words or... Maybe here's a here's a um, from 2019 to 2022. McMahon also provided Miss Grant with gifts to keep her under McMahon's control. 
Upon information and belief, the gifts provided to Miss Grant includes ones purchased by McMahon and expense them to WWE. Examples, uh, medical care and medical cosmetic services, clubhouse access tickets, WrestleMania private full-day transportation premium tickets, a $2,000 Nordstrom gift card, a box of Godiva chocolates, um, a pearl necklace, blue a blue cardigan from Nordstrom, apparently, blue blueberry checks cashmere scarf, more hats, um, shawls, a large bouquet of flowers delivered approximately every other week, uh, a BMW, $5,000 gift certificate to Lampire Spa, a gold and diamond paperclip necklace from Bridgerton in Greenwich, Connecticut, a $15,000 Bloomingdale's gift card. See, that's the thing. I think where he fucked up was expensing it to WWE because they did investigate the hush money at first. And that's where he fucked up. Well, that and his texting on his personal phone or work phone. Ben Shapiro always says it best. Don't break the law on your phone. Like, <laughs> if you're going to break the law, don't do it on your phone. Don't do like, it in writing. Yeah, like, what the fuck? He had to have known he was going to get caught. Yeah, so the that's official, why... the official um, statement from Grant's camp is Mrs. Grant was groomed and coerced by McMahon and is that Laurinaitis? Yeah, and John And WWE stood by and facilitated efforts to keep Mrs. Grant employed at WWE to ensure McMahon's continued sexual exploitation. In addition to what Mrs. Grant and her medical providers who examined her following the booze will testify... There is ample evidence that Mrs. Grant's mental state and her attempts to avoid the unfortunate circumstances she found herself in. <clears throat> now, according to Triple H, they heard about that news the day it hit, which I find hard to believe. I, I do think there are a lot more people that were in on it, not just Vince being stupid. As further alleged throughout the complaint, Mrs. Grant was frequently referred to as McMahon's bitch on multiple occasions. I'm trying not to laugh, but again, these details come out and you're like, fuck. What a fucking horror story, dude. Like, I do feel bad for her because with everything we have thus far, yeah, some justice needs to be done. I don't think that this man needs to go to prison per se. I mean, I guess she did say that he did force himself on her. So maybe some prison time is justified. Here's how I feel about it, though. What he did is wrong. Not just more, like, beyond fucking, but dude, again, another Harvey Weinstein. At least on a dumb level, but at the same time, I just, I'm one of those guys, I've always said it. I've always said Vince McMahon is out of touch. He's stuck in a different time that he had to go. The first time he left because of all this, I was like, okay, sweet, he's out of here finally. Because I've always felt like he's what's holding WWE back. Now this comes out, and he's for sure has nothing to do with WWE now. Like, he is no longer an employee. Has no stake, nothing, because of what's going on. I do feel, though, just from reading shit online, I... And this goes back to what I was saying about him being stupid and all that. I, I get what he did was wrong, 100%. But where I'm looking at it is like this. As much as I said, 
have said that he needs to go. He's out of touch and that he's just fucking up WWE and have just said numerous times what he's doing has done is wrong. I have a hard time just outright hating him. Like, for sure, as a person, I've always hated Vince McMahon as a person, dude, since the early days of, like, Owen Hart and what happened with Bret Hart and all that. However, WWE, as much as I shit on it, will always have a soft spot in my heart because I've always loved WWE. That means I'm always going to love Vince McMahon. I kind of feel like today's crowd is just shitting on Vince McMahon. And this doesn't help either. I can tell just by reading the comment section, dude, a lot of people... They can't separate the art from the artist. And I know it's going to be too soon or what he did was so unjust. How can you, you know what I mean? And I'm like, dude, again, it goes right back to the Benoit thing where it's like, yeah, what he did was fucked up. But separate the art from the artist. I feel like so many people that call themselves fans are just turning their backs on Vince McMahon, like completely. It is okay to say what he did was wrong and that you think that he should be put in prison for it or whatever. I just don't feel like it's right to say, yeah, fuck him. The company that he built, the WWE that people watch now because of him, fuck him, we don't need him. That's weird to me, dude. That's really weird. That's, again, right back to not being able to separate the art from the artist and, in a weird way, ignoring history. You wouldn't have your WWE if it wasn't for that dude. And stuff like this only goes to prove he's always been that way. I can almost guarantee he's always been that way. You've heard rumblings from his wife, other people around him that have said that he's always had that high-profile lifestyle similar to Ric Flair. And I kind of believe it, dude, because he was a billionaire. Not just now, too. For a long time, he's been a billionaire. So it don't shock me that he was doing that shit. Yes, again, for the 10th, probably 20th time now. What he did was wrong, but I can't just walk away from him and be like, yeah, out with the old and with the new. Like, no, I'm always going to like Vince McMahon because he made WWE what it is. Him and a few other people I can name. I just I, I have a fear, dude, that this is going to shit on his name, that he's never going to get the respect he deserves for what he did for the company. And I know that, again, it's too soon to be talking about it because right now we're going through a mo- uh, another Me Too phase, basically. And I know how it sounds, too, because the more I defend him, the more it sounds like I'm like, yeah, fuck that girl. I'm not because, yeah, she should get justice. What she was put through was total BS, dude. She was groomed. She was treated like property. That being said, do you really think she would have kept her mouth shut even if she got that money? Because if it were me, I don't think I would. I think I would totally take it all the way to court. Yeah, but if you get all the money and then you talk, then um, they sue you for all that money back. So that's true. That's true. I mean, you don't sign an NDA if you don't intend to be quiet. Uh, that's true. I just wonder because if I went through what she went through, regardless of all the prizes I was getting, dude, I'd want some fucking action being taken after a while. However, the fact that she put up with it for so long is fucking brave. Like, that's bewildering at the same time. It's like, why would you do that? But you got to think, she's in an uncomfortable position that she was forced into, and now she could lose her job. So, And she was making a shit ton of money, like well over six figures a year. It's like Dave Chappelle said, he's going to want to look at your butthole or something. There's no such thing as a free trip to Hawaii. <laughs> It's true, though. I mean, all those pri- all those presents and shit he was giving her, 
yeah, they were a way to control her, but it's also a way for him to go, hey, don't say anything. Like, you know that's what that was. Because he had to have taken a step back and went, damn, I just took a shit on this poor girl. I think I need to buy her a gift card. You Uh, know, if that's your line of thinking, that's fucked up. (laughs) No, it, it definitely is. Like... Like I said, this dude is a shitbag. I've always thought he was a shitbag. I blame him for CM Punk's departure. I blame Vince McMahon for a lot of things. But right now, I do hate the fan base. I've been hating the WWE fan base for a long fucking time, and I'm going to hate them even more now because they're acting like Vince McMahon doesn't exist. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You can be mad about what he did. You can't deny the fact that that fucking bullshit you're talking about, how it's the greatest thing ever, the end-all, be-all, the big leagues... That's only there because Vince McMahon did that. That's all there is to it. You can't ignore what he did. You also can't ignore what he has done recently. And I, I do hope that something's done with. It. I mean, I don't want him. I don't want him involved in WWE anymore. I think we're better off without him now. But I'm not going to sit here and give say the, that. He give him the all Bill Cosby treatment. Yeah. Lock him in his house, make sure he can't talk to anybody ever again. And if you want my opinion, it's fucked up as the sounds just to appease the fucking crowd that can't get over themselves. If there ever comes a day where he is to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, because I will say it now, I do think that he should be inducted into his own fucking Hall of Fame. But again, to appease the fucking children in the room, it would be more tasteful to do it after he passes. I know how shitty that sounds too to those that are like diehard Vince and like, because I'm not diehard Vince, but I am diehard recognizing fucking history. But I'm not a diehard Vince guy, so there are going to be people out there that are like, well, no, he deserves to be inducted like soon. I just feel like there's not going to be enough time to pass for this shit to make any sense. It's going to have to be when he passes that they're like, yeah, we can give him Hall of Fame. That's my opinion if you want to make it fair to everybody else. Because it would be kind of weird 10 years from now. Like, and Hall of Fame inductee, Vince McMahon. Like, crickets, dude. Like, fucking crickets. Maybe even after he's dead and they give him a Hall of Fame induction and there's still crickets, at least it was done right. Because, again, I don't think we should really honor him in any way. Except for giving him that Hall of Fame induction at some point, yes. Again, it's it's that thing where they're like, "Ah, it's that gray area. Because... I talk about this all the time. Same thing with Benoit. Like, I I know that what he did was fucked up. I don't agree with what he did. I think that what he did was shitty. He's a shitty human being. It broke my heart to find out he was like that. But I will never, ever shit on what he did. Chris Benoit was arguably one of the greatest wrestlers ever. And so I will stand on my fucking island saying he needs to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. However wrestling real life the only way i see this ending is vince mcmahon gets castrated and like no one wants nothing to do with him anymore i do see it being another not necessarily a me too but they're gonna shit on his image and i feel <laughs> doing now so yeah we'll see what happens we'll, we'll follow coverage on that um oh yeah i um <clears throat> you ever do that thing where you go like you start looking shit up on like YouTube and Google and you go down a whole rabbit hole because of one little thing. You start going down like multiple whole subgenres. This shit happened to me, dude, while I was in the hospital. So it all started with, well, 
best way to tell a story is to start from the end and then go all the way back to the beginning and fast forward to the end, Tarantino style. The Back Rooms. Originally a creepypasta. Now let's go to the beginning. 2006, seven was around the time that I started hearing about creepypastas. Are you aware of what that is? Do you know about the nerd culture of creepypasta? Yeah, yeah, a bunch of them, like salad fingers and stuff. <laughs> salad. <laughs> well, for those of you that don't know, Creepypasta is essentially, well, it's a website now, but in the early days of Creepypasta, a Creepypasta is like a, not, I wouldn't call it a genre. It's, it's kind of a lore, a story that's meant to freak you out. Well, anyway, a good example of a Creepypasta would be fucking Slender Man. But the reason I bring all this up and mention it is because back in the day, Creepypasta was a huge deal, especially with like Slender Man coming out, The Back Rooms, which was another story that I'm about to lead into. Um, <clears throat> I didn't give a shit about those back in the day. I really didn't. It wasn't until I was like in college that I started looking them up like, who the fuck finds these to be frightening? And of course, they're all tales that were made up by like 12, 13 year olds, teenagers at that that were effective in scaring people. Look at the Slender Man hysteria we got. One of them in particular, a well-known creepypasta, is called The Back Rooms. That one I did know about because my brother showed me it back in the day. The idea behind The Back Rooms, it's a story where you do what's called no-clipping. So if you're not safe, you can no-clip out of reality and end up in The Back Rooms. The Back Rooms is a maze, a complex maze that has no, has no exit. Essentially, you're you're doomed. You're going to stay there. That's where you're going to go to die. You will not make it out of this maze. It's full of nothing but empty fucking office rooms, empty tunnels, some furniture here and there. But the idea behind the back rooms is essentially you are stuck in an eerie place that would be natural and how unnatural it looks when those places are empty. For example, if you just Google the symbol, the back rooms image, it pops up with the typical... Um, well, anyone that talks about it would jump to like the idea is this is what it would look like. And it literally is just a giant empty room. It looks like it would be an office building with kind of damp, moist, gross smelling carpet, lots of wallpaper that's yellow and green. But it's supposed to look like a natural place and how eerie it can be when it's unnaturally empty. Like, I mean, picture that you're walking around an office building and there's nothing in it. That is creepy. But the back rooms, is a, it's a maze. It's just corridor, tunnel, room after room. There's nooks and crannies and crevices. But the longer you're in this maze, the more likely you're going to run into other entities that happen to inhabit this maze. Now, fast forward to last week. I follow Bloody Disgusting on Instagram, and they put up a post saying that a famous creepypasta known as the back rooms is going to be turned into a feature film with A24 and a guy named Kane Parsons. I guess this Kane Parsons dude is a young kid, like an 18, 19-year-old kid, that about a year or so ago, he did his own iteration of The Back Rooms. Now, again, at the time, he was like a 17-year-old kid, but he used CGI. He used all these different softwares, like Adobe, all this stuff, to make straight-up CGI small films. First one he ever did was called the Backrooms Found Footage. And it was, again, his iteration. It was his vision of, or his take on the Backrooms. 
And it's right. it's your typical a guy is lost, he can't find his way out of the maze. He eventually gets killed by one of the entities. Now he does a bunch more videos, and I gotta be honest, I'd never heard of this dude. I didn't know that his take was like the biggest one, and I guess because his take was so popular, A24 hired him to do an adaption of his fucking <laughs> like short films he did on YouTube. And I watched them all in one night. They were fucking good for being CGI. They didn't even look CGI. I was shocked. I was like, how the fuck is this all fake? And the guy's name, by the way, on YouTube is Kane Pixels, but his real name is Kane Parsons. So I watched him, and man, I actually enjoyed it. It was like watching a full-length, feature, a feature-length film, dude. It was great. So I couldn't wait to see, like, you know, what he could do with it. Well, anyway, while I was... Looking at all these videos, I decided to go back and read the original creepypasta of the back rooms. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I kind of feel shitty for shitting on all the kids that used to be into that stuff. Because I used to make fun of them. (laughs) You got to remember, those things originally showed up on dark webs, too. They weren't just like something you could just type in. You had to have a proxy. You needed a hookup. Tug is like, what kind of nerds listen to people talk on the internet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, I watched all those videos, and this guy shit was so good that I was like, yeah, I can see him making his own movie. Like, that'll be fucking cool. Well, I found out that he was taking a break from the feature-length film he's doing, and he made his own variation of the backrooms again, except for this time it's, like, completely different, but it's almost similar. It's called The Oldest View. Again, it's a series of short movies on YouTube he made that's completely CGI. And I did some research on this. Like I, I like I said, I went down rabbit holes with this shit. The oldest view, the story in this one is about a college kid named Wyatt who finds a big-ass hole in the ground at a local park, probably Northern California. Who knows? He goes and he films, and he's like, you can see that there's a staircase that goes into the ground, and there's all these lights in the staircase. And he's like, that's cool. Let's go check it out. He goes down there. It's a mile down all the way till he gets to like what looks to be a fucking cage door. Or no, no, I'm sorry. It's it's an old, riggedy door. He opens it up. He goes in. He's in what looks like a... What do you call that? Not a degress. Um, I guess like a vestibule. Kind of like an elevator vestibule. Same thing with a door. It's a fucking vestibule. He goes into the vestibule and he sees that there is a cage-like fence that's been like bent upward. So it's enough to where he can crawl underneath it and he's in a lobby where there's a desk, carpet, all this shit. And then he realizes he's in a fucking shopping mall. And he's like, what the fuck? The video ends right there. And then the next one picks up where he's like, okay, I went home. I got batteries for this shit. We're going to go even further this time. Stupid on him. Because if you went into a maze and you magically made it out without any repercussions, dude, you should probably stay out. And he even knows from the beginning. Yeah, dude, he even mentions in the beginning, like, the more I go down these stairs the more I'm realizing this is a dumb idea. That should have been the red flag. And then he fucking the second time, he goes all the way back down the stairs again, goes through the vestibule, underneath the cage door. He's in the fucking shopping mall. And he starts walking around this mall. And I started noticing things about this mall. I was like, dude, there's an AMC Promenade Theater inside. There's a Disney store. There's a bunch of stuff. This looks like a familiar mall from when I was a kid. I did research. Apparently, this is a real mall that was supposedly like in Dallas. And the the theme behind it was the overconsumption of, like, nostalgia. 
enjoying right. nostalgia to the point that it could harm you. And that's what this is. You know, he's walking around this mall and he starts hearing shit and there's something there with him. It's a, <laughs> it's a giant rolling fucking statue that even he was like, whoa, that is unfucking canny because it starts moving towards him and shit. And the more he's walking around, the more he can hear it. And he's like, what the fuck? And he turns around and this thing's falling. And he's like, dude, I'm leaving. Because he's figured out, clearly I'm not welcome here. And he goes back to the room that he came in and finds the tunnel and all that has been collapsed in. He is now stuck in this fucking maze. He even says it himself, holy shit, this is some backroom shit like on TikTok. And it ends where he doesn't make it out alive, just like the backrooms. But <laughs> it was cool. And I was like, dude, this is way better than the backrooms. Like, I know that that was his version of it, but this is his own shit. And it's amazing. It's phenomenal. Right. But it sent me down a rabbit hole where I was like, okay, I've read this creepypasta. I remember this story. Now I got to go read some of the other ones. Dude, and I've been doing it ever since. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm reading a new variation of Slender Man, all right? Like, some of these are actually good. I think just for the time that I had heard them when I was, like, in middle school, high school, I thought, <laughs> gay. Like, I could think of scarier shit. But at the time, those that's what it did is it scared people of my generation scared my brother's generation probably yours because everyone knows slender man slender man is easily the most famous one and i guess now the backrooms since a24 made that announcement and now everyone's like searching the shit what that means though is this kid his videos not only were they popular when he first released them but now two years later they're popular all over again like i was watching it and i could see the dial and the number just going up like kkk and i was like fuck but that's the rabbit hole I've gone down, and it's got me inspired. I was like, man, dude, I should submit a story to one of these websites. My only fear is they they can't stress it enough. Like, hey, make sure you include your name or you use a surname so no one steals your work because that's what creepypastas are most famous for is people take them. And, yeah, and I was like, yeah, no, never mind. I'm not going to go that hard for a story I created. I'll just put it online, and with my fucking luck, it'll get turned ass around. Like, I had this idea in my head. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the show, but it's a, the motivation behind it clearly came from Killers of the Flower Moon. And then I started watching this shit. And then I started watching 28 Days Later. All these different things became inspiration for what I call, it's a spec script. So the name is probably going to change. And I'm only writing this for fun. I'm not actually going to submit this anywhere. It's called Kill Them All. The story is about a disgruntled employee who is under the investigation by local police because the movie studio he worked for thinks that he might be responsible for recent murders of some of the actors for the studio, some of the studio executives. And the reason they think it is because he was a former Trump supporter and they're a very progressive studio. Well, as time goes on, different progressives, whether they be a trans activist or a speaker public relations speaker they all just start dying one by one and the studio is losing their shit the cops are losing their shit the guy they think is doing it is completely innocent has nothing to do with it the twist of the story is the cops find out the reason they think he did it wasn't just because he was let go for some shit he said on twitter it was because he got into a physical altercation because he had had his kid with him on a you know bring your kid to work day 
his kid happened to be molested by a man who claimed to be a trans woman in the bathroom. So at that point, the cops were, so at that point, the cops were like, wow, so you guys are actually the shady ones. You have what's coming to you, it sounds like. And they fucking dip out. They just leave. And the studio has to figure out, like, fuck, who is this dude that's killing everybody left and right? (laughs) Turns out, the last twist of the story, it was the fucking disgruntled employee. (laughs) But it got me thinking, like, dude, I'm going to do my own fucking variation of backrooms. I'm going to backroom all these fucking people in a studio. The last 30 minutes of the story is going to be a battle inside the studio. But I don't know. That was, like I said, it was a spec script, and I'm, I haven't even started writing it. I just have the basic idea down. Might even change. I'm even thinking about the dude that's the disgruntled employee. I'm literally thinking about just making him a fucking byproduct. Like, he's a five-minute character that really has no existence other than they think he's responsible. But what if the killer was somebody in Hollywood that was like, mm, I know what you guys are doing. I know the kind of parties you're having. And I want to present the story in the format of you feel bad for the progressive studio. You want to know who is a bigot. You want to know who is the the guy committing hate crimes. But at the end, you learn they are not so innocent. I just got to find a way to make that fucking twist so great. Because if I were to make it the disgruntled employee, you kind of see that coming a mile away. It's got to be better than that. But yeah, that's that rabbit hole is what transcended into this idea for a story I want to write. Probably won't ever get made. You gotta, you gotta make it. <clears throat> but at the very end, the twist is like the, these trainees made it all up. Dude, that would be crazy, right? Like, what if they, <laughs> they were just the, tra- the trainees made it all up, and this is them writing out like something you and you can call the story transcript. <laughs> Transcendence. <laughs> In a world where trannies do what they want. <laughs> what if I did the like average Joe? <laughs> what if I did do like a a creepy pasta version, like my own back rooms? Like this is what happens when you know trans out of reality and you go straight gender one or two. This is what happens. And then you're stuck in this maze. When you get to the maze, you never know. Is it a boy? Is it a girl? Does it got a dick? <laughs> Doesn't got a dick. You won't know till you reach in, and sometimes you get met with the one-eyed snake that'll get you. Serious on ser- a serious note, though, for those of you listening, if you have never seen the back rooms, you need to YouTube this shit. I don't work for this Kane Pixels dude. I don't know him, but this young kid, I can tell right away he's gonna be a fucking big deal. He's a visionary director at an age where he's not a director. Like, he's a straight-up fucking master of his craft for being the age that he is. And I will say this. Don't watch these movies um, the way they're released. There's a chronological order on how to watch them. I gotta figure out who the fuck... There's another YouTuber that he reviewed all of them. For He reviewed them to explain them for people like me that were stupid and couldn't figure certain things out. And he tells you the chronological order of these fucking... You gotta watch them in chronological order or it will confuse you and you will go down a rabbit hole like I did. And then you do all this research for some shit that's not real. That's exactly what I did, dude. There's literally sub-genres of the back rooms. There's 
there's origin stories about the entities that walk the fucking hallways and all this crazy shit. And also, do not watch this shit when you're majorly high. Because I was high, dude. And like I was like, oh, I was terrified watching this shit. It worked, dude. I was like, fuck. And then I had to go to work on Friday, and all I could think is like, why is it so quiet here, dude? <laughs> like, why is it quiet on a Friday at 6 a.m.? I don't understand it. Like, but it makes you think, like, when you watch those, you're like, yeah, um, places that are supposed to be nice can be creepy. And there's nothing fucking creepier. As, as a person that's worked in the security industry, dude, there is nothing creepier than walking a vacant floor. That shit is terrifying. There's nothing there. There should be, and there's not. That is a weird feeling. And then all you hear is the fucking lights, the buzzing from the lights, or little you know, movements here and there. And it freaks you the fuck out. So just the idea of the whole backrooms creepypasta is fucking phenomenal if you're someone like me. And if you're a horror hound, dude, you're going to fucking, if you love scary movies and shit, you'll love this shit. It's, it's pretty fucking good. Again, for being a fucking 17-year-old kid that made, you'll watch this shit and you're like, there is no way this kid made this by himself. And I'm not going to sit here and say that it's 4K quality. It's not. Each video that he does has a very like found footage look to it or what it'll have is like a 1980s 1990s vintage tv commercial feel to it and he executed it so well because watching these i believed some of these videos were from the 80s so no they're not 4k high quality but just go watch these things and you're like this is all cgi none of this is real it's all voiceover how in the fuck and it looks so good but yeah, um, I can't wait for A24 to make that shit, dude. Like that, that stuff actually like inspires me because I love success stories. And I said this before about the Skin of a Rink shit. Remember that movie I was bitching about how I spent like two hours watching still shots? Well, <laughs> as much as I hated that, I liked that the director was able to get that made straight out of pocket and into like film festivals and then released on Shutter. Basically, that's a success story. This kid made these fucking short movies at a fucking home in his masturbation laboratory. All fucking from his imagination, dude. Like, that right there, that's a success story because he got a studio that looked at him and went, he has no real experience. He is self-trained. We're going to trust this kid to make a movie based off his shit. That's a success story. That's fucking awesome. I love that. I mean, how much of that is true, we don't know. Again, they could have asked to look at his butthole. That could be another thing. They could have <laughs> taken a shit on him. They could have, they could have caused him such sexual harm that he started to bleed from certain cavities. Yeah, and at that point he thought he was in the back room. I was like... <laughs> Dude, like, the funniest shit, too, is, like, some of these Backrooms videos make me laugh because it's the way some of them start. So, first off, when you watch these, you need to pay attention because they give you little hints and details where you're watching something later and you're like, oh, yeah, that one fucking clip. That's what this does. There's, like, one episode or one video where fucking this girl is fucking with a portal in her garage because she's realizing that when she puts something over this little – she taped it out. It's a square – when she drops little things like a tennis ball, a golf ball, it just disappears. 
So she's fucking with a tape measure to see how far down the portal goes, and it sucks her in, and now she's in the back rooms. And I was like, right there, okay, so don't fuck with tape measures. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, don't do anything where I'm going to no clip. Like, and it made me laugh that they call it no clip. I wonder how long that's been around for, too. A while. But it was pretty close to no cap. I'm like, oh, shit, don't want to no cap out of reality. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry, but some of the slang from today is just fucking horrendous like okay so first off i've been making like a short clip from our podcast every day for social media right just to kind of keep keep it interesting well i learned after taking a bunch of classes online that like you know a good way to help your reach with videos is to fucking do a trending song and every class i've taken they've all said the same thing like don't look for a song that you want to look for look for a trending song and that's fine. It's definitely working. But, dude, oh, my God. The trending songs are terrible. Like, I was going through them, and I was trying to find one that would fit our fucking video. And I just looked at Chanel, and I was like, dude, I know it's trending, but it sucks. Someone needs to say that this shit sucks. But I'm, I'm wrong because 75K say otherwise. So, but, dude, yeah, the fucking the lango and shit, like, it's funny when you see the memes. But I've heard people that talk like that. They say, okay, bet. I'm like, bet what? Like, I get so confused. I had to have a young girl explain it to me. She's like, but it's another way of saying, all right, I'll do it. Or like, all right, watch me. You know, and I was like, okay. Uh, I officially feel old because that's the first time in my life I've ever had to have a kid explain to me modern day slang. Because I can usually pick up on it pretty quick. But 31 crept up on me, dude, because I don't know what bussing means. I don't know what no cap means. I had to. Bussing, bussing. Yeah, dude. I don't know it for real. For that's, real, that's man. what they did. Bus and bus is what they did to uh, um, Rosa Parks. <laughs> bussin. <laughs> so that is the definition of bussin. I can't believe you said that, and especially on Black History Month. I did post one that was like a. It's um Morpheus from The Matrix, and he's got the broccoli fucking haircut. And it's like, Neo, what you thought was bussin' is no cap. And I was like, okay, that's <laughs> fucking funny. There's <laughs> no cap. <laughs> or there's one, it's, I can't remember what president it is. I think it's a half dollar. And it's like, on God we trust, for real, for real, no cap. And it's, <laughs> it's got whoever was on that fucking half dollar. And he's got the fucking broccoli hairdo. And I was like, okay, that's also good. Some of these memes are funny. And, like, dude, look, I've been wanting to say this for a while. And I was going to try to, like, spend some time to talk about this on the show. But I'm going to make this a quick one. Every generation says the last one sucked. Or the new ones suck. And vice versa. But I think we can all kind of agree that Gen Z is pretty annoying. Pretty stupid. They're a very different breed. They're, they're one of the first generations I've encountered that can't stand up for themselves. Not without meta security. So, I don't know. That's my opinion on Gen Z. They they really don't like us, dude. There's like... <laughs> most of the people that shit on our show, they're either older black men that haven't made it as a rapper and they think that they're going to be a rapper, but they're not. Or Gen Z, young kids. Like, I literally posted a video the other day about, you know, how we were talking, like, about secret societies and secret government that debate we had 
it's very clear what I'm talking about, and it's very clear what your response is. Some fucking kid. Bruh, what are you talking about? Bruh. And I just Have wanted to seen- go, if you could read, like... <laughs> Have you seen those TikToks with the dude who acts like a teenager? No. Dude, it's so funny. It's like how middle schoolers be. And he like walks in the door and his mom's like, hey, um, go, do your homework before you go to his... She, he's like, bruh. It's like a full-grown <laughs> man. He's like, you're, you're doing too much right now. I'm just going to play. No, you to do your homework before you, go to, before you play. It's like, mom. Bruh. <laughs> not <ridiculous>. busted. <laughs> well, like, they're just so brittle, dude. Like, I see them nowadays, too, and they're not annoying like they used to be. Because teenagers started annoying me when I was 21. By the time I was in college, dude, teens fully annoyed me. I don't know what it was. But now, like, I expect them to annoy me, and they kind of don't. Which you would think is a good thing, but not necessarily, because they're not well-mannered. They're just scared. Every time I go to places where I don't feel like they belong, if you ask me, like the mall. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, what teenager thinks the mall is cool in this day and age? You got to be fucking people our age. And even then, that's a slippery slope. Because, yeah, I like the mall, but I like sitting at home, too. But that being said, I'll see these kids in places that I don't think they belong. And they're all doing this, right? Or they're just doing this. And I was like, why do they always look so nervous? Like, they look like you could just push them and they would fall over. Stiff breeze would fucking push them over. So finally, I decided to talk to someone that could help me out a little bit. My brother Dylan, he's like 1920. He's fresh off the Gen Z streets. Um, I asked him, why are you guys so wrapped up in your phone? And if you're not doing that, why... Do you not make eye contact with people or even attempt to talk to people? And he he said it best. He was like, well, we were raised with, here's a tablet, here's a phone, go away. We never had the proper etiquette with verbal talking or, you know, verbal, yeah, whatever. But he was like, because we didn't have that, a lot of us kind of don't know what to say to other people. And it's, he told me, he's like, I, me personally, I get anxiety, man. I'm in a, even if it's full of adults or people my age, it's really nerve wracking. He was like, I got so used to being at home. I got so used to living my life online that when I'm in stores, it really is like, oh, fuck. And I told him like, bro, that's not normal. That's the thing though. That's the point I'm getting at. That's not fucking normal. But it can also go back to like, okay, boomer. Like, cause every, again, every generation has said the last one and the one after sucks ass. So this really isn't any different talk. It just feels like Gen Z is definitely different. Yeah, um, here it is. I finally found it. it feels like we could whoop Gen Z's ass without even touching them. What's this bullshit? All that junk. We're getting ready to go out to eat. Oh, uh, bro. I don't even want to go out to eat. Where are we going? Mexican. Bro. Again, that's all you ever want to do is eat Mexican, bro. Do you pay the bill? <sighs> you bugging, bro. <laughs> you a thought, bro. Oh, God, bro. <laughs> bro. That's how they talk, dude. 
Yeah, this is Fine, perfect. Use the exercise. Bro, on God. I'm not bro. moving my car strat. You bugging, bro. <laughs> um, I want to take a trip. No, not the most expensive thing. I'm bro, gonna it's only $34. No. Bro, no. I'm not I'm not getting anything then. Well then just don't eat. Not. Okay. It's taking forever. Is he coming? Why are you in a hurry? <laughs> bro. I'm not trying to be here all night. Bro. Is he coming? You know what? Stop. There's no Wi-Fi, Mom. There's no Wi-Fi. <laughs> really? This what? dude eats chips just Can so well. Can you get in time? I need another Mountain Dew. No. You're not no. drinking another Mountain Dew. No. Water? Water is all you're getting. You bugging, bro. <laughs> you don't even charge for weight That's This is why I don't bring you. <laughs> you oh, bugging, God. bro. <laughs> Oh, no, God, bro. What are you doing? Bro, what? It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's fine. It's literally fine, bro. It's, it's literally fine. It's fine, bro. With all that junk, we're getting ready to go out to eat. Yeah, this uh, guy bro. is named Whiskey B, and he's freaking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's how Gen Z sounds, dude. They get on my fucking nerves. Like... Again, I understand I'm the older dude because I'm 31. I'm a fucking dinosaur. Apparently, the 19, I, I just fell for it. They think the 90s is the 1900s. I almost just called it the 1900s. I about slapped a kid who told me that Nickelback and like fucking what else was it? Uh, a Pearl Jam. Nickelback, Pearl Jam, all that shit I grew up with. They're like, oh, that's dad rock, bro. And I'm like, oh my God. I want to kill you, dude. That was literally like you know, 30 years ago. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it took me yeah. a minute. But Gen Z annoys the shit out of me, though. They really do more than anybody in this world. And I hate to say it like that because they're just kids. They're literally just kids, but they're fucking stupid. That's the problem. I digress. Oh, shit. Yeah, we have hit the end of the road unfortunately, because I was about to like go into a whole rant. Like I said, I wanted to wrap that up fast, so Long story short, every generation does suck, yes, but Gen Z, probably the most annoying. I am Tony, here with my buddy Austin. Austin, sir, it has been fun talking about Vince and shits and backrooms, but I will see you on the next one. Adios.